You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe Good morning, good morning everyone. It is Wednesday, November 8th, 8.01 a.m. in the Collective Cafe. And uh, today, no, I, was, uh, I was in South Africa, uh, I was visiting, I was, uh, I was visiting, well I wasn't visiting, I was there for, for um, couple of reasons. I did some presentations for Entrepreneurs Organization in Johannesburg and Cape Town. I did uh, a session for um, a company, a, um, a coaching session for a company which uh, belongs to one of my best friends, which was really an absolute treat, a thrill uh, to be able to work with him and be in that environment. And uh, it was just an amazing day, just a highlight. And then I got to present... Um, at the uh, club that my mother was, my late mother was a committee member, one of the founding committee members, and that was just uh, just very special. But that was hot on the heels of going to ANA's Masters of Marketing conference. Um, I 
you know, left early Tuesday morning, like at the absolute crack of dawn. Um, and uh, I don't know, I think my flight was at 6.30. I feel like my flight was at 6.30. Um, and uh, it was actually kind of cool because um, I ended up just, I don't know, just just because um, there's always options of golf and, and uh, tennis. And I've never, like, I literally have not picked up a tennis racket in 20 years. I'm not even joking. Like, I have not picked up a tennis racket in 20 years. And, you know, the golf is nice, but it's a commitment. It's, you know, it's four hours and it's wonderful. Um, it's, you know, good networking with your four ball. Um, you have a couple of drinks on the course, generally play a beautiful course. But I... I haven't played golf in five plus years, certainly before COVID. And uh, it's a little bit more skill, I thought, you know, than playing tennis. Um, But I decided to volunteer to play tennis. And um, long story short, I ended up being paired with, uh, I don't know, this guy might might have been Bjorn Borg's, uh, you know, uh, adopted child or something, but he was definitely uh, one of the better players. Uh, and we made it all the way to the final. It was actually kind of insane. Uh, we went into the final. We, pl- we played like best of eight games. So I think we won 6-2, 6-2, 6-2. And then um, we ended up in the final um, 4-4 um, in, in the eight games. And I was, I mean, I was spent. I was finished i was exhausted i actually i don't know why but i left my my watch with with my heart rate monitor in in my room and i was like am i gonna die like i actually like i mean i I did not feel good um i didn't feel like sickly but i was like that was pretty dumb of me um whether it was just curiosity or just i don't know just a little bit of more discipline you know given the fact i did have open heart surgery in 2021 um and I was just like done. I mean, it was hot and everything. And I was like, can we just call it a draw? And um, one of our opponents was just, you know, she was uh, a runner up last year and she just did not want to let it go. She was like, no, we got to play. We got to play. And then someone was like, well, uh, should we play winning point? And then we're like, we'll play tiebreaker. Anyway, the tiebreaker ended up being 6-6. And I was like, guys, can we just call it a draw, please? And by the way, this means so much to me. You know, to like actually be playing tennis and like to be in the final and it just felt so good. But we lost. We lost. I I kind of had two serves. I guess I didn't realize, but we had a match point. Double faulted the one and the other one I just, I was just exhausted. I just wish I'd been able to find a little bit more reserve for those two final serves. Um, So we went down 6-7 and then I was receiving um, and and we lost the game. Um, But still got the prize the prize actually was deloitte digital uh beautiful like waterproof um, massive picnic blanket that gets sent to both the winners and the runners up so embroidered uh, personalized so it's either going to say like jaffe fam or the jaffies or jaffe family so uh everyone's a winner but anyway that was my tennis experience and um it ended uh, and I was just like limping around for the rest of the conference. Um, but I got back Friday at about like 3, 4 p.m. And then I left the next morning at like 5 a.m. for South Africa. So I didn't really have an opportunity to think about and discuss 
um, the ANA, and I thought maybe I would do that today. So, look, if you were to ask me, like generally, what what were my thoughts? Um, I guess here would be my thoughts. Um, I was surprised. I was a little underwhelmed. Um, I wasn't sure what the big, I mean, I wasn't sure what the big takeaway was. I don't know that I learned anything new. It felt safe. It felt um, comfortable with, and, and we need to get beyond comfort. I didn't realize this until just now, like about 15 minutes before I even started today. But um, I'm, I'm just typing this because, I mean, I, I kind of know the answer, but I just want to see uh, the Dylan Mulvaney um, fiasco. When did it happen? Um, I think it happened, yeah, it happened around about last year, August, looks like August, um, July or something like that, but um, um, June, but it, well, when did, when did it happen? I'm curious. Because I was suddenly thinking, um, wow, is it possible? Uh, when did it happen? I'm typing. It began April 1st. But this year, it began April 1st this year. Was it this year or last year? I can't even work it out. So um, let's see. Um, when did it happen? What year? I mean, it's hard to believe. It feels, it feels like it happened this year, but um, you would think you would think maybe. Um, when did the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light fear, uh, um, thing happen? I don't even know what to, what to call it. it. I just keep on seeing April first. Um, but was it this year or last year? So I'm pretty sure it was this year. Yeah, I mean, it had to have been this year, like brain freeze. So why am I going into all of this detail? Because you would think that this would have been discussed um, at the at the ANA. Like this should have been front and center. Now, okay, why wasn't it discussed? I suppose it wasn't discussed because, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, ANA didn't want to anger or upset one of its members, um, AB InBev, which is a big company, a big member. Um, but isn't that inherently a problem in of itself that we can't or we shouldn't be able to discuss or have a forum or quorum or or maybe an or another speaker could have absolutely discussed it, critiqued it, um, you know, or dissected it, or even come to the defense of the brand. I mean, why are we assuming the brand, you know, is is on the back foot and the brand is being um, attacked? I mean, there were different, there were pros and cons, right? Why do it in the first place, um, you know, or, or 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 justifying or at least being able to applaud what happened and maybe criticize the reactions from the right or whatever. They, I mean, it just, to me, warrants a discussion and it's a bigger discussion about purpose and it's a bigger discussion about identity and it's a bigger discussion. In fact, I saw the other day uh, an, uh, an email that said um, brands shouldn't take a stand on issues. Um, where did I see it? 
Um, and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Um, I guess it would have been, um, you know, that that brands shouldn't, you know, like like take a, a position on social issues. And I was like, really, really, brands shouldn't. Uh, I got to go and look for it uh, as well. Um, but that was interesting as well. Like to to say, well, suddenly now brands shouldn't have a point of view. Brands shouldn't um, stand for something. Brands shouldn't be polarizing. Again, I look. I, I could make the case for and against in both cases. Like if you are, you know, I mean, one of the takeaways from the ANA was, you know, the boldness of P and G talking about poopy diapers and 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 maybe going going places that that traditionally it hadn't done i don't find that to be a big uh you know a big um move at all um if anything it's just the fact that we've gone um a little bit um i don't know that we've just we've we've it's it's like um I, it's like uh, like casual fridays it's like the fact we don't wear suits anymore um that we are just a little bit loose and a little bit more informal but is that a big idea or is that just a recognition post-COVID that we are a little bit more chilled about these types of things? Um, you know, where where was the point um, that I saw? I don't know. I'm looking at the article. Um, let's see. Uh, no, maybe it was in the other article. Um, doing my best to to try and and edit. Uh, let's see. I'll find it. I'll find it. So, yeah, here it is. So it says something like, uh, this is in the Adweek article. It's like, Pritchard framed his post-pandemic discussion by showcasing P&G's brand, P&G brand's recent efforts to employ previously taboo topics, such as period education and overflowing diapers into their standard marketing pitch. Um, I mean, I think, PNG has always done a very good job at being able to advocate for girl rights and you know and 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 women rights and female rights or being able to talk about difficult situations. So I don't feel like period education is new. I feel like you know like it's not a like whoop de doo that we're talking about. You know I I think he he came up with a name for it. Like there's a a slang name for it when you, explosions like when you have like kind of like poop explosions um, and and whatever i mean it's like we've all had them as parents just these like projectile and explosion type of things in cleaning it all you know it's gross whatever but okay so i think that as i was reading through the article i was kind of like whoa that's interesting to me that nobody addressed the elephant in the room if we want to discuss um if we want to discuss purpose if we wanted to discuss diversity, if we want to discuss the idea of social issues and taking a stand. To me, it's a Venn diagram, right? There are three different conversations about purpose because there was like Lazy Boy talking about nostalgia and you know a bunch of um, you know brands and Black and Decker, old brands talking about reinvention and you know uh, avoiding you know how to stay current and whatever. But that's a little bit of culture, but what's where's the bite? Where's the bite? Where's the point of view? Where's the we've got the industry's elite together in one place at one time? What are the things that are going to be discussed in the in the tabloids, in the in the dailies, in the trades 
the next day? What will move our business forward? And for me, that intersection between purpose, um, between diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, and societal issues now more than ever, you know, with so many polarizing, um, so many polarizing positions being taken place. Um, what is on limit? What is off limit? What is okay? What is not okay? These are all massive decisions. And I would love to have seen someone discussing it. They don't even necessarily have to have had a point of view. They don't even necessarily had to have taken a position other than to moderate a discussion and to at least lead, be the Sherpa, be the guide, um, you know, be the moderator to discuss um, some kind of resolution, if you will, at the highest level. And another thing that, in a way, what I'm realizing now, it's, it's not what was said, it's what wasn't said. It's not who was there, it's who wasn't there. And um, in previous years at the ANA, um, they've always had a, you know, a provocateur, uh, a shit-stirrer, if you will. Um, they've cycled through, uh, I've been there twice, you know, I've spoken twice. Gary Vee has spoken there many times. Rashad Tabakawala has spoken there many times. I'd say the three of us, last year they had a guy by the name of Jeff Charney, who I think did his best to try and be controversial, but he wasn't. He really was a little self-serving and indulgent and, and, and shilly. Um, he used to be the chief marketing officer of Progressive Insurance. So he became one of those, whether he was or wasn't, but he certainly landed in the rock star CMO butter with all the work done with flow and, and, and the progressive advertising, which of course you either love it or you hate it. Personally, I hate it. Um, but um, now he, he left, he left, or maybe, you know, he was let go or he negotiated his way or they didn't renew his contract, but he started an agency called Make History, but it's like, like they're no vowels. So it's like M-K-H-S-T-R-Y. And so he was talking, you know, I mean, to his credit, he was the only person who mentioned Web3 or blockchain or or crypto or virtual reality last year. Um, and of course, you know, <laughs> but not that it was controversial. So they didn't have a provocateur this year, someone who was going to, you know, make people feel a little uncomfortable. And they probably could have combined those two, those two discussion topics, right? The idea of society taking a stand, you know, if... Um, um, I'm going to just give the, uh, uh, the quote from Hamilton, the musical. Um, what will you fall for? So the quote is, if you stand for nothing, what, Burr, <laughs> you know, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what are you fall for, right? If you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? Um, that, um, to me, would have been something that could have, been beautifully delivered um, and by the provocateur or not. They could have been two different sessions. So those were like two omissions. And again, if you were asking me like, what did I, what did I take away? Like, what did I learn about marketing? I didn't learn anything. In fact, I found various aspects of indulgence, like the MasterCard CMO, you know, they've opened up a restaurant in Brazil and they've got one of Brazil's best chefs and they flew the chef out and they gave like 
chocolates to everyone and I you know and I guess it's you know listen I guess it's part of the whole concept of MasterCard's priceless experiences um, but it felt a little indulgent as well which is MasterCard opening up restaurants I mean they're not going to do 10,000 of these restaurants but I get it you know I get the fact that they're doing different things and trying to stay relevant um, but that can't be the takeaway that can't be the big idea here you know that uh, credit card companies um, or a credit or a financial services company, yes, built on and around the concept of priceless experiences, is now in the business um, of creating restaurants. And uh, I mean, I, I just can only imagine. I mean, for me, it's like, why do I say it's indulgent? Because why not actually take 0.001 off my APR? You know, why not? Why not figure out some amnesty um, for people that are struggling to pay their credit card uh, debt? Um, post-COVID, um, why not actually do something a little bit more meaningful than that? That kind of goes back to the original topic at hand. So, you know, excuse me for being a little critical, but, um, you know, as I said, that's that's my, my sense. So um, looking at Ad Age, um, they are, you know, the, there's an article that says six takeaways from the largest CMO event of the year. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, one of the things that was interesting that I did see, whether it was from in Ad Age or Ad Week, was that the best discussions were in breakouts that happened on like day two. Um, and they were like 20% full. So, you know, that tells you a couple of things. One is um, it's it's programming, right? It's programming and it's priorities. So, the meaty topics were they were they provocative enough? Were they set up that way, um, or were they at a time when were you know was it kind of lip service? Was it just being okay? Well, we did the the um, I mean, I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you what what the two of them were uh, in a moment. Um, let's see. There was I saw it somewhere. I saw it somewhere. Um, maybe I'm just typing it wrong. Um, you know, like sometimes things work and sometimes they just don't. But somehow um, somehow these things are not cooperating. But I'll find it for you because I always do. There we go. Um, it's so weird because I see the actual... Oh, <laughs> I see why. Because they spelt her name wrong. They spelt it Maria Kaplovitz. Instead of Marla Kaplovitz, uh, Marla Kaplovitz is the president and the CEO of of the four A's, which is you know the association that represents advertising agencies. And this is Adweek writing an article calling her Maria Kaplovitz. I mean that kind of tells you everything that you need to know. Um, so it was talking about the fact, like you know, this was this was in the Adweek article saying big ideas in breakout sessions. So there was one uh, with uh, with Gail Troberman from iHeartMedia. Um, there was a whole theme about you know new um, disarming bias amongst marketers to reach new consumers, and this said it was one of the more fiery conversations. But twenty percent attended. <clears throat> then then there was one which was uh, talking about gender equity um, that evolved into a discussion of broader issues about equity and representation within agencies and brands. 
um, you know, definitely thinking about multicultural, etc. And that also wasn't greatly attended. Um, and so, and then the other one was um, the Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing. So actually, more you know, focusing on on perceptions of inclusive marketing practices and woke brands. So um, these were the you know these were the kind of side shows or side stories that maybe should have been elevated at the highest level to be to have been main stage to have had all the senior people um representing or representative um in these conversations um so let's go back to let's go back to ad age right so what were the six uh takeaways um and by the way it said in-person attendance of 2,300 was about 200 ahead of last year and the highest since the 3,000 in pre-pandemic 2019 with another 400 online registrants. So number one um, was that AI's, uh, AI's ANA moment. Um, and so, you know, this, um, there was like a deep dive, so like a kind of a everything you wanted to know or needed to know for about 200 marketers at what they call the uh, ANA's Global CMO Growth Council, which is kind of private invite only, so like a pre-conference. Um, and But it says drawing executives from Microsoft, Adobe, Meta, Bloomberg, and Google. So all people, all companies very much um, involved um, in, you know, in that as well. And so there was, okay, so number one was, was, a, was AI. There wasn't much... I would say general, um, there was a breakout maybe on AI and there was discussions, but I thought AI would absolutely dominate uh, the agenda compared to, you know, the lack thereof with respect to Web3 last year or maybe even some of the other trends. Um, Number two, uh, big platforms didn't get much public heat. And, and And this was very interesting because um, you know there was um, there was um, some criticism before by um, video advertising bureau CEO Sean Cunningham um, about um, the fact that the big you know platforms, the Googles and the Metas, are major ANA sponsors, and so on one hand they didn't get any you know, and so and so like kind of that there was too much I guess questionable or pay to play going on but also this article says that there wasn't much direct criticism from the ANA uh, big stage um, and so you know it's a tough one because um, and it goes back to the Dylan Mulvaney issue as well which is are we doing ourselves a disservice by not being honest by not calling out the issues or the elephants in the room um, or is it just this general kumbaya and this everyone just kind of playing nicely and placating one another and, you know, appeasing one another, does that in fact move us forward? Um, so that's definitely, you know, what what was interesting to me, and, and the article says the closest thing to public criticism of the social platforms uh, was Leody showing Dove's film from earlier this year about the mental health risk posed to teens from social media and advocacy of the Kids Online Safety Act. I will say that, you know, when I think about it, there's definitely a backlash. There's definitely, there definitely was, you can definitely sense an undertone against social media 
you know, and and mental health. And I think that is an undercurrent that wasn't, they could have gone, they could have really doubled down on that. They could have really, really kind of gone deeper. But I think they just kind of, you know, exposed the nerve. So it was like you could see the exposed nerve, but they didn't strum a ditty on that nerve. They didn't, you know, uh, what's it, strum against that nerve. They might have just tickled it uh, or just identified it as well. But yeah, I would say, I mean, you know, again, another elephant in the room, hello, is Elon Musk and X. That wasn't discussed at all as far as I was concerned, um, or at least maybe I missed it. Um, but that's um, another thing as well. Um, and maybe it was like in a in a breakout session as well because, you know, I, I see there was like a Pinterest panel um, and it says, you know, um, Noted, this is Micmac, I've never even heard of it, Micmac CEO, um, noted that advertiser volume through a company on Twitter fell 86% immediately after Elon Musk bought the company last year and has since remained down 99% year over year as content moderation controls went away. Um, So I'm just trying to like kind of see, so this was a sponsored breakfast. Do you see what I'm saying here? Can you see what I mean? It's like what, like why are all the real conversations either happening in a sponsored breakfast before anybody shows up or in a breakout session, which nobody shows up to. What's going on here? You know, why are we, why are we kind of trying to sweep? It's like sweeping it under the rug, so to speak. And it's kind of like, it's just like we can do more. We can absolutely do better. And sponsored, why does it have to be at a sponsored breakfast because also with a spawn anything sponsored there's an agenda so i just have like real questions i guess um number three so actually quite a interesting meet uh, under this idea of number two big platforms didn't get uh, don't get much public heat well they're getting it getting it now number three retail media grabs consumer budgets um, so kind of Bob noticed, uh, Bob, who's the CEO of ANA, noted that retail media is a $50 billion business growing fast. Um, and so like, I guess maybe it's because Walmart Connect, it says Walmart Connect hosted a well-attended opening panel showcasing. So again, I guess sponsored um, as well. Um, and, and there's no question that wherever Walmart goes and whatever Walmart does um, is going to bring a lot of um energy and a lot of dollars and of course retail you know in person um is going to remain um something important but also you know like what about digital what about virtual what about social shopping what about blockchain enabled so nothing really there other than just getting people into the store it seems like you know post covid again this idea of this hangover of us just kind of you know consolidate you know just trying to get back to the good old days um, number four, data is king. I mean, when when wasn't it? This was from Stagwell CEO Mark Penn, who um, you know spoke about data. I mean, so yes, um, you know, uh, this goes back to uh, Bob um, talking, so giving some data from Gartner, showing that investments in data and analytics surged thirty seven percent last year and are taking a growing share of marketer budgets. So we know that measurement uh, is important. Um, and um, so I don't know that that's any big deal. Um, uh, but, I mean, certainly when we think about the rise of data, 
combined with AI, AI, there's no question that this is just going to become, you know, so again, it's not what's being said, it's what's not being said. What's not being said is automation, programmatic, AI, you know, job loss, right? Um, the absence of humanity or, you know, where's the art versus the science going when it comes to this idea of, you know, of uh, too much focus on data and AI and predictive and privacy, you know, so I understand that some of these elements might, again, be shied away from because we just don't go there. That's, you know, don't want to upset anyone um, versus um, recognizing that perhaps it was a missed opportunity. Um, So, um, number five, I guess, number five, yeah, number five is agency alternatives take center stage. So this is kind of interesting, and I suppose, you know, now if we're thinking about and looking for trends, you know, this is where um, the uh, MasterCard um, uh, branded restaurants, setting up branded restaurants around the world. I mean, if you had to get, if you had to just take a, a guess right now, if you had to like take a gamble right now and say, um, in five years' time, there will be how many MasterCard branded restaurants around the world? 10,000, 1,000, 100, 10, 1, or 0. I mean, just, but is it just a campaign or is it really a commitment? Is it really a, transforma- a transformational change? But, um, you know, this idea of, you know, there was also kind of Mark Pritchard spoke about um, uh, Old Spice's writer room work from Kevin Hart's LOL Studios. It makes me think of uh, Ryan Reynolds and the work he's doing as kind of part owner, but also part copywriter, also using AI. This is where creators came in as well. So I guess there was some discussion. There was discussion last year about influencers and creators as well. I guess maybe I would have thought that there would have been a bigger, um, a bigger, com- a bigger conversation, more consistent, high-level, visible conversation about creator economy. Um, and and it's different in terms of us just you know in terms of having a discussion about influencers and creators versus creator economy, creator monetization. Again, important discussions that I think could have been led or um, or 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 discussed at some point as well. Um, also, let's be clear when we talk about influencers and creators. You know, I mean, this is the Matthews effect, the rich getting richer, Kevin Hart, Ryan Reynolds, you know, using celebrities to actually be alternative copywriters is is not, you know, is quite safe and not exactly that um, disruptive as well. Um, but certainly this idea of um, of expanding the ecosystem in terms of how uh, how content is created or how ideas are born, to me, um, is is an important one. And then I guess the final one goes back to this idea. It says purpose lives despite doubters. I mean, if you had to look at, if you had to, um, you know, look at um, many, um, you know, just at the topics, at just the, the, the session descriptions, you would have seen probably the most mentioned would have been purpose followed by kind of diversity, um, which are continuing themes, you know, multicultural, etc. Um, but I didn't, you know, 
to me, this was purpose in terms of, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, you know, this is interesting. I'll read you this paragraph. It says, um, instead of purpose, PNG has been striving in recent years for irresistible superiority, quote, end quote, around tangible benefits. That doesn't sound like purpose. In fact, actually, it says that Mark Pritchard did not mention he largely avoids using the P word, uh, which it's now called. So then it says, activist investor Nelson Peltz, generally not a fan of purpose initiatives, according to people familiar with the matter, left PNG's board in 2021 and joined Unilever's board last year. Now, Unilever has its own brand of superiority. New CEO Hein Schumacher, during an investor presentation last week, outlined his own take on an unmissable superiority brand framework. So it seems like they really are just like kind of mocking this concept of superiority, um, uh, w- whatever that means. It just seems like, uh, like what the, you know, what the F, you know? Um, and so, um, so that's kind of interesting. And then, you know, like the VP of marketing, um, you know, at, at Crayola said something about, uh, you know, this whole con- conference is about purpose and its growth. This is the way for us to drive growth, to redefine what the brand stands for, how brand experiences come to life, and the role that it plays in consumers' lives. Because if we do that, why shouldn't the purchase frequency go up? I don't even know what the, what she's saying. I'm not even sure what, what exactly we're talking about here. Where's the purpose? We're talking about, you know, does it sell and, you know, and, and lots of buzzwords um, as well. So um, that was that was the Ad Age article. If I go back to um, to Ad Week, um, you know the the headlines are brands take center stage, big ideas in breakout sessions, which I discussed. Agencies take a backseat but work hard behind the scenes. Uh, buzz AI and the economy, and that's all. I mean, I'll tell you one thing as well, which is interesting is. Um, there was a whole session uh, from McKinsey, but it, it, it also it felt very corporate and, you know, it felt almost sponsored as well. Um, I mean, I'm definitely getting that, that kind of common theme here uh, or, or in terms of like, like understand, like trying to understand the motivations or understanding where a lot of this is coming from. Um, but... But needless to say, I mean, I'm going to try and um, and upload just a few of my slides, um, actually in the um, in the cafe chat. So I think that will be, um, yeah. So like, I, I could also could also upload uh, photos of John Bon Jovi, which was actually quite special. Not going to lie, um, a little bit or a little bit um, uh, awesome actually. Um, so. Let me, um, you know. So let let me. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look at a couple of the, um, yeah. So so let so let me. Um, I'm gonna share this one with you. I'm just gonna share a few slides, including myself um, playing tennis. You know, just because why not? You know, like I guess there was a presentation on uh, from Coke, which was kind of interesting. Um, now looking at my slides, um, and then I want to just send to you the the McKinsey stuff. Um, so I'm going to upload all of these now um, to do 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 to Discord, and let's see. 
and then we can discuss. Alpha Collective Cafe Chat. There we go. They're all getting uploaded now. Um, so I would say another takeaway was what came out of um, what also came out of um, this McKinsey session. Um, so there are all of my slides in no particular order. So let's just discuss them. If you look at the first one, it says, not a time for the timid, uh, a time of big opportunities and, and equally big challenges, billions of dollars in growth opportunity and billions of dollars in waste. Take back our industry, stand as an industry, own and lead the agenda. Now, I think, by the way, that that should have been absolutely 1 billion percent the entire theme of the whole ANA conference. Take back our industry. Stand as an industry. Own and lead the agenda. What is the agenda? What is the, you know, are we as marketers and brands, are we going to be continue to be dictated to by whether it's, quite frankly, it could be Congress. Um, it could be, you know, it could be uh, woke. It could be unwoke. I don't care. I'm just saying, like, who is defining the agenda at the end of the day? Is it the big, the metas and the Googles? Is it AI? Um, to me, that would have been the ultimate discussion. Um, and then um, if you, it, it uploaded, uh, if you go to the third slide uh, on there, um, you're going to see kind of, um, you know, Coke's, look, this is very sticky, right? It's very Coke sticky. I like it. I love this stuff. I'm not going to lie. You know, so like showing, uh, again, this idea of art and science, right, and evolved DNA. So Coke continuing to talk about stories and ideas and big ideas. Big ideas lead to big outcomes, the algorithm. So I get that. And then also, you know, their principles, um, their marketing principles, um, you know, uh, this idea of deliver goosebumps or make it algorithmic or play Go, not chess, which is AI, think 10x, um, you know, um, some of them uh, build the core, more wood behind fewer arrows. Um, so, you know, some of them are kind of obvious, some of them are less obvious. So I kind of like that, but th that's how all presentations to me should be, like a little sticky as well. And I, I want to hear the point of view. Coke is a leader, of course. Um, so the, the, the slides, like kind of before and after that, um, are the ones that actually uh, from McKinsey, right? Um, and and look, we've seen data on this before. It's not the first time we've seen any data that essentially says there is a disconnect between the CEO and the CMO, right? So in this case, a half, one out of every two CEOs said that they feel comfortable with modern marketing, but two out of three of CMOs think their CEOs are not comfortable with modern marketing, so there's typically, I mean, I remember one of the foundational studies that, hell, I've cited it throughout my entire career and my thought leadership and, and my keynotes and my books, um, is the fact that there was a study done. It was probably like Spencer Stewart or, you know, one of those executive recruitment firms or Heinrich and Struggles, one of those, that actually said um, that, you know, a the CEO's three primary priorities or most important priorities were, I think it was growth, uh, competitive advantage and customer intimacy. But the, the marketers' priorities were, the marketers' priorities were like brand guidelines and, you know, I, I don't know, like design and, you know, just like clearly like advertising related. And it just showed a massive disconnect. And of course, the message there 
was that that marketing or marketers that were more aligned with the CEO's agenda would probably go further. Um, so here's another slide that says cracking the code generates two times likelihood of higher growth. CEOs that recognize marketing and branding as top growth levers are twice more likely to achieve more than 5% revenue growth. And then it says, but only 50% of CEOs view marketing and branding as a top three growth lever. So like, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if I understood that. Um, <laughs> and then there's, I guess, a third one, if you go below, that says 90% of CEOs surveyed said uh, that marketing's role is well-defined, but only 50% of CEOs and CMOs define marketing's primary role the same way. So, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. And then, I guess. Um, the, also, the the other slide, um, you know, the other slide that I didn't show you, which I will share with you in a minute, is, uh, you know, Bob did share, um, I should have just shared this one with you now, but I, I will I will in one second, um, which is an important one that actually says, hey, guess what? You know, strong brands are always going to strong deliver strong results. So there is no question, and Cantor, you know, and there is, there is you know, Brand Z, there are many... There are many studies that have shown, not studies, but ongoing studies and brand tracking that demonstrate that strong brands outperform, you know, powerful brands outperform strong brands, outperform the S&P 500, outperform. So you can actually see that, that, that when you have a strong brand, a strong, you know, kind of marketing thrust, a strong company, a strong purpose, a strong, you know, uh, Northern Star or, or North Star, whatever, um, that is generally going to translate into bottom line returns, top line and bottom line returns. Um, and so, you know, the slide above, the one that says superior products, superior packaging, superior brand communication, superior retail execution, superior consumer and customer value, um, I think that was from, you know, Bob as well, demonstrating, you know, not just the entire customer journey, I suppose, uh, or the entire supply chain and customer journey, but the role maybe for technology, um, innovation, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I would definitely, you know, summarize and qualify or at least add the fact that, that there is still a disconnect. You know, for me, as I said, everything comes down to the three things that you saw on Bob's slide should have been, in my opinion, you know, the tagline should have been not a time for the timid. That is your money slide. That's the slide that should have summarized the whole damn thing, you know, um, and people should have come out and people should have come out with a point of view with fight, you know, th them are fighting words. Like how do we own and lead the agenda? How do we stand as an industry? How do we take back our industry? This is not a time for the timid. This is a time for people to take a stand. This is time for people to grow a spine, to show courage. This is a time for people to grow a pair. This is the time for people to be able to say, choose, choose wisely, you know, and, and, and be able to make a decision, you know, that can impact ultimately um, your brand, your company, um, your livelihood, the, you know, because, because the world uh, the world is changing, and uh, and you know, and even in, in if we think about um, the war for talent, um, um, if we think about you know who you know who you want to buy from, 
at the moment, I mean, we're just dealing, even if we think about the war right now in the Middle East, you know, that, I mean, there there is the most massive polarization that is happening right now. And it is, it is you know, it is, it, it is look, it's going to happen. It's happening. It's happened, right? It's just like you can't hide. You can't just, you know, like I suppose if you're like diapers, um, you know, you've got to maybe you can make a case that you can't exactly come up with, you know, kind of, I don't know, Palestinian branded or Israeli branded diapers. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, we are all self-selecting right now based on what we believe. Um, and it's not even, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's happening, you know, it's, it's, it's happening right now, whether we like it or not. And social media makes it naked and, and, and exacerbates it, etc. I just don't know how you can hide. I don't know where you can hide. Um, I don't know if you can hide. I think you have to actually, and, and here's the point, and here's the key takeaway, you know, um, goes back to that very first thing, Right, I said, if you stand for nothing, what are you for? For um, um, it's time to 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 decide who you are and what you stand for, you know. And 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 it's not just purpose, as I said. It's the it's the Venn diagram intersection between purpose, diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, and ultimately societal uh, a societal position. You've got to have a point of view. You gotta like you gotta believe in certain things um, and recognize perhaps in that process that in some cases you know people are gonna say I'm never gonna buy you again and in other cases I'm absolutely gonna buy you you know and if that means you know if that means short term pain for long term gain so be it because if you try and please everyone all the time you end up you end up pleasing nobody right. You know, if you if you try and be all things to all people, you end up being nothing to nobody. And um, and that was kind of my takeaway from from A and A. It's just like this vanilla, right? It was the ex. Ironically, the current CMO of Planet Fitness spoke, but the ex CMO um, of Planet Fitness said, you know, the thing about I love that quote. The thing about vanilla. It's the most popular flavor. In t- uh, it's the most popular flavor, but no one will drive across town for it. So we have to ask the question now. You know, how are we going to attract the best and the brightest? How are we going to work with the best and the brightest content creators, creative economy influencers, um, etc.? How are we going to, you know, earn the trust and the business um, of consumers that are either you know, that are, that, are, that are looking, that are paying attention, that have choice. Um, and, you know, how long can we just afford to hope that nobody notices us? Just to go under the radar, you know, just under the radar um, and hope nobody is paying attention. But they are paying attention. And that's the thing. So, you know, if we want to take a stand and take back our industry, if this is not the, if now is not the time for the timid, now is the time when we have to actually stand up, take a stand, be counted, stand for something. That's what I feel. And, um, yeah, and so that's kind of my thoughts, um, like looking around and stuff. Um, and um, I didn't think that I would actually have so much to say 
Um, just in, but but definitely a lot of these uh, catalysts in a way, articles or, you know, for me, as I said, the main insight became not what was being said, but what wasn't said. Um, and I kind of feel um, that that we need to always make sure that we have a provocateur um, at these conferences. You know, we need to make sure that we, that as long as we're being honest and not controversial for the sake of being controversial, um, upsetting people um, is, it, it's not, what we're going for trying but but i mean if the shoe fits if we've if we've acted badly if we've behaved badly then we should be called out for it as an industry or even as a brand you know a brand should be able to come and defend themselves um if someone's talking badly about them but you know why 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 be afraid or why just keep on skirting the issues and it seems like there are a number of these pockets right um i don't know that's my thoughts. If anyone has any comments, please feel free to put them in the chat. Um, if anyone would like to jump on stage and respond, um, please do so. Um, otherwise, I will give you a 30-second courtesy. Uh, just shout-outs to Christopher and, and Bez and Slick. Good to see you guys here again. Um, and I will count down. Um, give you a little bit of my Jeopardy music to see if any of you feel like just jumping up and saying hi on stage. Otherwise, we will. Uh, I will be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. As we fade into oblivion. Have a great day, everyone. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.